Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Amber Furman, and this is episode seven of the More Than Corporate podcast. Today, I wanted to take an opportunity to talk to you about obstacle course racing and how it changed my life. I know a lot of you have heard me talk about it throughout the different episodes that I've done, and I wanted to really dedicate some time to kind of explaining why it's so important to me, because really it is a huge part of where I am now, and I hope that it is a huge part of my future as well. So my um, obstacle course racing journey was off to a rough start. I had always wanted to run an obstacle course race. Ever since I had moved to Vegas, I had signed up for a bunch of obstacle course races and had never actually gone to them. I just ended up wasting that money because I was too scared to go. You know, whether it was the running or the obstacles, I just felt like I wouldn't be able to accomplish what I wanted to do and so I wouldn't go. In probably 2015, the end of 2015, the the beginning of 2016, I started working out with a group of people in a park here doing some boot camp classes. And through my connections with them, I met Corey, who I did my episode two with. If you haven't listened to that yet, you should go back and listen and check that out because Corey um, was a huge part of the journey. And we talk about a little bit of this in my interview with him. And I had mentioned to some people that I really wanted to do an obstacle course race. And they had told me that I should go do some one-on-one training with Corey at the obstacle course racing gym that he was working at at the time. So I had scheduled a one-on-one with him. Didn't really know him that well at the time. We really became close throughout my training journey. I knew who he was and I knew that he was a part of our fit fam, but I didn't know Um, I had never had like an individual conversation with him and didn't really um, have a relationship with him. So the first time I really met him, I walk into this obstacle course racing gym for my one-on-one with him. And I remember looking around going, what the hell did I get myself into? Up to this point, when I walked into the gym, I had convinced myself that the obstacles were going to be the easy part of obstacle course racing. I'd convinced myself that it was the running that I was going to struggle with because I hate to run so much. And I remember walking into this big, huge open gym with huge cargo nets and warped walls like you see on Ninja Warriors and three, six and eight foot walls to jump over and all these monkey bars and rings. And I was like, oh, hell no, this is not happening. So I'm actually getting ready to turn around and I see Corey and he's like, Amber, what's up? And um, I was like, oh, I left something in my car. And he's like, I'll unlock your car from here and you can go get it. But you're giving me your keys. It was like he could see my desire to run in my eyes. So we work out. He shows me some of the different obstacles and You know, we started on the walls and it was so crazy because we started on the four foot wall. And I remember thinking as I'm going over it, I mean, I'm five, eight. So a four foot wall um, comes up to like 
my hips or my stomach. And I remember thinking, okay, I can do this. So we get over the four foot wall a few times and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is doable. This is what I'm going to see on all the obstacle races that I'm on. So we walk over to the six foot wall and he's showing me some techniques to be able to get um, up to the six foot wall on my own. And in my head, I'm thinking, this is, this has got to be just techniques for like really advanced people because there's no way the races that I'm running are going to have walls this high on it. So we spend some time on the six foot wall and then we go over to the eight foot wall. And he says to me, this wall is the size or higher that is going to be on every race that you run. And I about lost it. I, at this point in time, was terrified of heights. And I know that this is um, weird for some people who have known me for a long time because I love to fly. I love roller coasters. I love being in high places. I, so I guess maybe it's better to describe it as a fear of falling rather than a fear of heights in itself. I don't like standing on high things. I don't like standing on the roof of houses. Um, so maybe it's the fear of falling, not necessarily the fear of heights itself. Whatever it is, Corey and I worked on that eight foot wall for a little bit. And he says, okay, so I'm going to get you up on this wall. You're going to go over it. And I'm like, there's no way in hell. It's not happening. And he says, yep, come on, we'll get you over there. By this time, I think we had probably been working on stuff for a little over an hour, maybe an hour and a half. So he helps me up using the partner method that we use on top of the wall and you pull yourself up over it and then you lay on top of the wall um, horizontally and then you bring your leg over so that you can slide down the other side. And I was laying on top of the wall and I was in tears. I was crying and I was like, I'm not, I can't get down. I can't do it. I can't get down. I remember the gym wasn't really that busy that day. And there were a few people that Corey ended up calling over to stand on the other side of the wall. And I remember him saying to me, Amber, you've, you're halfway across. You've got to come down on one side of the wall or the other. He says, I got nothing else to do today. So if you come down on the side of the wall I'm standing on, I'm just going to put you back up there. And I was like, well, shit. So it took me a little bit of time. I ended up eventually getting off of the wall and ending up back on the ground where I was nice and comfortable. And I remember feeling terrified and accomplished at the same time. And that was really where it kind of all started. So I kept pushing through training over the next few months. And I told Corey that I wanted to run a terrain run, which was going to be held in September um, of 2016. He says, no, Amber, you shouldn't do just the terrain run. You should do a Tough Mudder as well. And I said, there's no way that I am strong enough to do a Tough Mudder. And he says, let's just keep training you and we'll see. And as time went on, he kept putting it in my head that I, that I could do a Tough Mudder. So I remember saying, you know what, I'm just going to come out and watch you guys. Um, I'll get a spectator pass. And that didn't work out that way. I ended up buying a ticket for the Tough Mudder half for the um, October of 2016 Tough Mudder. And I'll never forget Corey telling me I was going to regret doing the half and that I could do the full. But five miles for the half was the longest that I had ever run. The longest I, 
I had, and when I say run, I'm not talking like actually running. We're using that term very, very loosely. I walked like a lot, um, but it was the longest that I had ever traveled. We'll use that word. And then on top of that, we had the obstacles. So I remember thinking the half is all I can do. And I will never forget that first experience with Tough Mudder, showing up, meeting the community, listening to Sean Corvell pump everybody up in the um, start arena, and then just hooking up with a group of people and joining their um, small group and being treated as if I was one of their best friends and part of their family and learned a lot about them and we completed the course together. It was amazing to finish the race and to cross the finish line. But I will say that when I finished, I felt like I was missing half of my race. I really felt like after I crossed that finish line that I would have been strong enough to do the full. And this is one of the reasons that whenever anybody tells me that they're going to run a half Tough Mudder or a 5K Tough Mudder, I encourage them to do the full because I know what it feels like to kind of cut yourself short. I know what it feels like to not realize your full potential. And the reality is nobody expects you to run these. Um, you can walk them. There's always a group of people who are going at a slower pace. Nobody, You, you have a team out there, no matter whether you enter alone or whether you enter with people, you always have a team. I always encourage people to run the full because of my experiences. But finishing that race in October of 2016 really lit a fire in what I felt like I could accomplish. All of a sudden, like I had this belief that I could do things that I didn't think I could do before. And I remember wanting to be more involved in that community. So Corey told me that he was running what's called World's Toughest Mudder. It was going to be held out here in Las Vegas in 2016. And he asked me if I wanted to be his pit crew. So for those of you who don't know, World's Toughest Mudder is a 24-hour endurance obstacle course race. It's technically, at the time, it was 25 hours. You started at noon on Saturday. The um, start line closed at noon on Sunday, but you had an hour leeway to cross the finish line. So you had to cross the finish line by one on Sunday. The goal was to stay moving as much as possible for those 24 hours. You didn't really sleep. You stayed on the course and kept going throughout the night. And I remember watching these people while I was pitting for Corey and being completely amazed at what they were being able to accomplish. Um, out there doing all of these obstacles, the environment was amazing. The environment that was created by Sean and Clinton Jackson in the um, start line where the start line and finish line meet for the laps. And then watching the people that I met for the first time being involved in this community, watching a man named Blind Pete who runs these races with a guide, but he's completely blind. Seeing people who were amputees um, that were running the race, not making any excuses. Um, there was a woman who runs the race with her dog um, because it's a um, support dog. I believe if I remember right, she has um, seizures and the dog helps alert her to her seizures. And so the people, you know, we wake up every morning and we say, you know, I don't know if I can accomplish A, B, C or D, whatever is on your list that you're doubting for that day. And watching individuals who were had every reason not to be out on the course, out there crushing not just a run and not just a Tough Mudder, but a 24-hour endurance race, an endurance Tough Mudder, 
I knew in that moment that this was a community that I needed to be a part of. It wasn't a matter of wanting to do it. It was something that I needed to do for myself. And I remember telling Corey that if World's Toughest Mudder was in Vegas in 2017, I was going to run it. And he told me, Amber, it's not going to be here that year. This is the last year it's going to be in Vegas. And sure enough, they announced the Las Vegas World's Toughest Mudder in 2017. And it was going to be the last year in Vegas in 2017. And I was like, crap, I already told everybody that I wanted to do this. I need to sign up. And I did. I signed up for World's Toughest Mudder before I even ran my full, my first full Tough Mudder course. I trained my ass off in 2017 to train for World's Toughest Mudder. I ran a ton of obstacle course races. I ran a ton of Tough Mudders throughout the country in 2017. And I learned something new about myself every single race. I met more community members. I made lifelong friendships. And it is a part of my life that I will never forget. I don't know if I'll ever run a world's toughest mutter again, but I certainly know that this one left a lasting impact on my life. I do know that I'll continue to run tough mutters and I want to make them a bigger, a big part of my life again. Um, but I want to share some of the highlights from my season in 2017 and what I learned from each one of those races. My very first Tough Mudder was in LA in March of 2017. And that Tough Mudder was just hard. The elevation was out of control. Um, I remember there being hills for days and we kept saying like they, there can't be any more hills. And then all of a sudden there was another one. It was out at the racetrack in San Bernardino. And um, I've never had to go up that many hills in my life. But pushing through and finishing that first Tough Mudder, that first full Tough Mudder, was so important to me. In April of 2017, I ran the Tough Mudder in Arizona, and I met some of my best friends in the Tough Mudder community there. They welcomed me into their group, and I am so um, happy to be able to call them close friends today. Um... But that was an important Tough Mudder for me because it was the first Tough Mudder that I had ran both the Saturday race and the Sunday race. So for those um, of you who are not in the world's Tough Mudder community, um, the races go Saturday and Sunday. And most people pick to do either or, but we're crazy. So we do both. And um, we call Sunday our Sunday fun day, where it's a little bit slower and the priority is to help people out as much as possible. And we just really chill and have a good time. And I remember like getting up in the morning on that Sunday going, I can't even move. I can't even walk. How am I supposed to do this race? And I got myself to the start line, met with these amazing people and just walked the entire course with them on on Sunday. My next Tough Mudder was in May of 2017, and this is probably one of the most impactful races for me. Um, first of all, it was my first race where I had two laps in one day. So I ran two laps on Saturday, and then I came back and I did another lap on Sunday. So it was um, just over a 30-mile weekend in um, race time plus the obstacles that you happen to run. I um, will never forget the feeling on 
my second lap on that Saturday. I wanted to quit so bad every single step I took. I can remember telling myself after my first lap, you said you were going to run two laps, get your ass to the, to the start line. I knew I only walked one way. I wasn't going to turn around and walk the other way. So if I could get myself to the start line and get myself past it, then I would be able to keep going and finish the, the lap. I had the same struggle when I hit the halfway point where the Tough Mudder half splits off from the Tough Mudder full. And I remember wanting to call for medical so badly to take me back to the start line. And I kept telling myself, Amber, just keep walking. You're not going to stop at the half. You're not going to stop at the half. Keep walking. And I did. Um, and I was probably about two miles from finishing that lap when I just broke down. The, this was the hardest I had ever pushed my body. I didn't know whether I could take another step. And I was walking this on my own. I mean, people would walk past you, but I mean, I, I really was walking it on my own. And I remember sitting down and I was, I was in tears going, I, I'm just going to sit here until somebody comes and finds me because I can't take another step. And I don't know what it was. Um, I got this calmness over me. And if I didn't know any better, I would say that my dad was with me and told me that he was proud of me. And whatever that calming feeling was, it reminded me that I had made it this far and that up to this point, I had been able to do things that I told myself I couldn't do. And I forced myself to get up and I just put one foot in front of the other until I finished that second lap. I remember meeting a now friend of mine for the first time. He was volunteering with the headbands at the end of the races. And he crowned me with my headband for that second lap. And I just collapsed into his arms. It was the, at that point in time, the hardest I had ever pushed my body. And it was amazing to push myself past the point that I thought I had given it everything that I had. I came back and I did the Sunday Funday lap and I was sore, but I forced myself to keep going. And it was crazy because something clicked in my mind during that race. You know, in October of 2016, so we're talking six months before this, I had convinced myself that I couldn't do five miles and I had just done 30 in a weekend. And it was amazing to me that 30 in a weekend became my standard. It was no longer a question anymore of whether I was going to run both days. The question was, am I going to do two laps on the Saturday or not? And it was always a push for two laps on Saturday. The only races that I didn't do two laps on Saturday from the May of 2017 when I was in Texas until the end of my season was Colorado because it was hellaciously um, high. There was um, a lot of altitude and a lot of elevation change. And then Vegas, because I was tapering down for world's toughest mutter. It was crazy how that, that flipped in my head. And all of a sudden, um, these 30 mile weekends became my norm. In June, I ran in Michigan. That was a ton of fun. I was able to run with a group of people where we raised money for a member of our community that had been in an accident and was recovering. And then in July, I ran Colorado. And this was my opportunity to run my first Tough Mudder with my brothers. They both joined me at that Tough Mudder. 
And it was one of the highlights of my season to be able to run my Sunday fun day with them and introduce them to the community and introduce them to the sport that I had come to love so much. In August of 2017, I ran Toughest Midwest. It was in Chicago. And at that time, it was an eight-hour overnight race. This was my first experience with running um, in the nighttime with a headlamp. And it was also my first experience with running in the cold, getting wet, having, um, I didn't wear a wetsuit for Chicago because it was a little bit warmer than other places, but I still had some compression pants on and multiple layers. And it was my first real experience with having to do obstacles in the nighttime when you're exhausted and your body tells you that you should be asleep. And, you know, we just pushed forward a whole community of people that were out there running in the middle of the night doing things that everybody else would think was crazy and yet pushing through the mental and physical barriers that we had set for ourselves. I continued to push through the rest of the season running October, which was the Tough Mudder in Las Vegas. And then I ran World's Toughest Mudder, which was in November in Las Vegas. World's Toughest Mudder was the most insane physical thing I have ever done. And it was the most rewarding mental thing that I have ever done. So I mentioned before, World's Toughest Mudder is 24-hour obstacle course race where you stay moving the entire 24 hours and your goal is to run a five-mile loop as many times as you can in the 24 hours. Each loop has obstacles and those obstacles you have to complete or you have to do the associated penalty, which is additional miles. So I don't really know how many miles I actually ran at World's Toughest Mudder. I know that I got my 25 miles official, but I was failing most of the upper body obstacles because I was exhausted. And so I was running a lot of penalty miles and I would venture that it was at least 10 miles of penalties that I ran over the 24 hour period. My mom and both of my brothers came out and pitted for me, and I don't know what I would have done without those. Each time that I crossed the finish line to start a new lap, I remember telling my mom before the race started that I was going to get more tired with each lap, and that her whole goal and her entire, her entire goal was to get me to the start line. I had learned from Texas that I wasn't going to turn around. That if you get me to the start line, I only walk one way. Um, and she did. She did. She got me to the start line. My longest lap was midnight. Um, and it took me five hours to do five miles. I was moving so slow. And to be completely honest with you, I don't have a lot of memories of that lap. So I come back from my fourth lap, which was my midnight lap. And I didn't want to go out again. I was cold. I didn't put my wetsuit on on time and I just wanted to quit. And I can remember my mom looking at me and saying, Amber, like you told me that I have one goal and my goal was to get you to the start line at least five times and to keep getting you back there until the race was over. She says, I understand right now that you don't want to move forward and that, you know, you don't think that um, finishing this is important. She's like, but you will never forgive yourself if you don't go back and finish this race. She says, and I don't want to fail my goal. And my goal was to get you to the start line over and over again. And it was exactly what I needed to hear. So I started my last lap at eight o'clock in the morning. 
on Sunday. I ran with some very good friends of mine who I had met in Arizona, and I just pushed through the mental blocks. I will never forget the feeling of crossing the finish line. Um, I get chills and I'm a little emotional talking about it now. Remembering what it was like to know that I had just done something that seemed impossible. I'm not saying it was smart. I'm not saying that running for 24 hours in the desert with no sleep and really bad nutrition is a good idea, but I pushed through it. What I learned from my Tough Mudder season is that my brain lies to me about what I can do, that I am capable of so much more than I think I am. I started to believe in myself. I started to gain more self-worth. I started to have better relationships with the people around me. I started to have confidence in other areas of my life. I gained the confidence to quit my job. I opened my law firm in October of 2017, just before I ran World's Toughest Mudder. When I say Tough Mudder changed my life, it is a huge part of why I am where I am today. The confidence, the self-worth, and the belief that I can accomplish so much more than I give myself credit for is something that I would not have gained if I wasn't willing to push myself out of my comfort zone and go through those races. The community that I've met is amazing. The people that make up the Tough Mudder runners are unbelievable and they care so much and all share the same core values of being the best person that you can be at all times. I'm going to leave you with a couple of different quotes that were said throughout the Tough Mudder season in 2017 at the start line by Sean Corbell. He would tell us these before we went out on our races to inspire us to do the best that we could. The first is, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And I encourage you to think about that, not in the idea of Tough Mudder, but in the idea of your life. When was the last time that you got out of your comfort zone? When was the last time that you did something that you had never done before? And it doesn't have to be something crazy like running an obstacle course race. It can be something like reading a different book. It can be something like going to a place that you've always wanted to go that you um, haven't gone yet. Maybe going to the movies by yourself or going to eat by yourself or doing something that pushes you in a way that you feel like you need to be pushed. The second phrase that was said over and over again that has a huge impact in my life is no one is better than your best, but your best will make you better, and that's going to make us all better. Whether you're talking in a fitness element, or whether you're talking in personal development, or your job, or your personal life, it doesn't matter. Being the best person that you can be encourages the people around you to be better people and to be the best people that they can be. Both of those phrases had a huge impact on my life. I hope that some of you are inspired to go out and try a Tough Mudder because I know how much of an impact it's made on my life and I am sure that it would have a similar impact on anybody else who runs it. If you do and reach out to me. Um, if I'm not running that particular race, I can get you in touch with some people who are, who will be able to maybe show you the ropes and um, make your experience a little bit less terrifying than it 
may otherwise be. Thank you guys for listening to this. It's been a pleasure to be able to share my story with Tough Mudder, and I hope that it's inspired you in some way. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.